Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Rock Church. You guys awake? Everybody awake? Mm, yeah, y'all didn't convince me. Y'all awake? Listen, listen here. I am so excited to be standing in front of you guys today. I might cry. I actually was crying during worship. I was like, Lord, get it all out of my system right now before I come up here and start shedding thug tears. Tupac cried too, just to let you know. But listen, I am excited that we are all here. I want to say hello to every single person who is tuning in online right now. I want to say hello to everyone here in Point Loma. Point Loma, make some noise real quick. There we go. We're going to get loud today because I got a word from God today. But before we get into it, is there anyone here that is here for the first time? Can you raise your hand really quickly so we can acknowledge you? Welcome to The Rock Church. We're so happy that you chose to be with us today. My name is Allison. I am the student pastor here for our Point Loma campus. Everyone here calls me Allie. So from here on out, just call me your bonus sister from another mister. Listen, I am excited because today is Student Takeover Sunday. Listen, you ain't gotta be excited. I'll be excited all by myself. And if you're wondering what that means, If you saw a mob of students here across all of our campuses, we have student representation in worship, online community, in social media. Some of them are here screaming at you on their way in. And our whole excitement was to ignite a fire in the next generation that they can make impact for Jesus right now. So when you walk out this door today, encourage them, champion them on. They've been here since 7.30. They're not even awake either, so pray for them. But I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that champions the next generation. We don't just talk about it, we're about it. And so we are so, so grateful. Today, we have the honor and privilege, and we're gonna be getting to dive in. And I'm gonna be talking to us today about how we need to pursue a heart posture to hear from the Lord. Now, I wanna get you guys encouraged right now. Please take out your Bible. If you have something to write with, if you're one of those people who needs a title, for your message and your notes, go ahead and put this. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much to be standing here. I'm standing here thinking about how three and a half years ago when I first started on staff, we did something like this. And at the time I hadn't preached a sermon in my life And here we are three and a half years later and you have me here. And so God, I just pray that you would allow me to give this message to my friends the way that you gave it to me. I empty of myself right now before all these people saying, can you have your way in us? Have your way in me. Unify our hearts right now to be in tune with what you have to say. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in advance for what you are going to do. And all God sent say, amen. Amen. Now, I know there's a couple of new faces here in this room, but for the familiar faces, everybody knows that I am so proud that my family is from the Virgin Islands. That's where we're from. I'm an island gal, first generation born in America here. But if anyone is familiar with island culture, you know this. Caribbean mamas do not play at all. They do not play. And I remember vividly when I was about 13 or 14 years old, 
I caught myself having a major attitude per usual. And I was washing the dishes, and then my mama, she's calling me, and she goes, Ale! And I made mistake number one, and I said, what? <laughs> oh, mistake number two gets better. Mistake number two is I turn my back to her, mistake number two, and I continue washing dishes. And she's talking to me, and I'm like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then I felt the hand of God. Touch, yeah, she, she gave it to me real good. And when I think about this moment and I reflect on that time I had in the kitchen, I remember like writing the notes down. I'm like, man, why'd she, why she slap me so hard? <laughs> I was listening to my mom, at least I thought, but I was not hearing her. And I remember she turned me around after she gave me a good little knock from Jesus. She called it a righteous slap. <laughs> And she turned to me and said, the problem was not necessarily your tone, because that was rude. The problem was your posture towards me when I was speaking to you. See, you were hearing, but you were not listening. See, friends, it is impossible to hear clearly from the Lord if your posture is in a position of, oh, I just want you to tell me what you, what you need to do for me. I know without a doubt that there are people here in this room that are desperate to hear from the voice of the Lord. Can I get amen? amen? But I also know that there's people here in this room that are also confused. You're wondering if you hear something, is that really God or is that my stomach just tripping? <laughs> and I know there's a third category in here that's like wondering, does God really speak? Does he really speak to us? But the problem is that God is not necessarily not speaking. We're just not listening in a posture to receive. Now, as I was preparing this message, I'm an Enneagram 7. So Enneagram 7, we go to the moon and back. We see an airplane and we ping pong all over the place. So I went through the Bible and I kept thinking to myself, okay, God, if we have a posture problem, then I need to look through scripture to find examples of all the many ways that you spoke to people. Because in Western culture, what we teach you is, hey, I want you to go and spend time with Jesus and go and talk to him. But what we don't teach you is, is how to go spend time with him and first listen. See, we talk and we talk and we talk and we don't listen. And so today, I was, as I was telling you guys, I was going through the Bible and I was looking through all these examples. And there were three stories that really stood out to me. How many? Three. How many? Three. The first one was Abraham. And God met Abraham when he was 77 years old and said, you know what, my brother? I know you're almost close to glory, but I still got plans for you. I want you to leave everything that you know because I'm gonna make a nation out of you. And through that account alone, I realized that when God speaks, it's not just about you getting your prayers answered. When God speaks, it's not just about you getting your way. Most of the examples in the Bible we see when God speaks it's to reveal his purposes. And then I went on to Moses, because Moses, man, he had the best experiences. He's got the bush, he was on the mountain, face was glowing, he had the best. But his first encounter with God speaking to him was God speaking to him from a bush. And he's speaking to him very clearly and he's saying, hey, I hear the cries of your people and I'm here to tell you what I'm gonna do with you 
for your people. And in that example, I realize in this again, that when God speaks, it's not necessarily to encourage and answer prayers. Yes, he does do that. But when he speaks, it's also to remind us that he's here to involve us with his work. So when he speaks, it's not about you, it's about him. Then lastly, and this is where we're gonna land in our passage today, it's my favorite, Samuel. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. How many of you guys are familiar with, the, with Samuel in the Bible in the Old Testament? Raise your hand. If not, here's a spoiler alert, he was dope. <laughs> and Samuel was dedicated to the temple since he was born. And scripture says to us that God used him to be a prophet throughout the nations and chose him when he was a young child. But in this particular passage, we see a young man who is dedicated to the things of God. He's around the church like this all the time, but yet he still cannot recognize God's voice. And in this example that we're getting ready to read, we see through this that God speaks to reveal himself to us. So again, before we talk about the heart posture that we need to pursue, we need to realize that when God speaks to us, it's not always about you. So perhaps I suggest this to you guys today. Could it mean this? That the reason why we are confused about hearing from God is not necessarily because he's not speaking. Maybe it's because we are hearing and looking out for the wrong things. Maybe it's because we're not hearing for the work that he wants to do with us, his plans and his purposes. We're not hearing for how he wants to reveal. We're just looking for what we want. Now, if you will, please turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 11. And this is where we are going to learn about a really great example of how to posture our heart in the same way that Samuel did. 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. If you don't have your Bible, we'll have it here on the screen for you. And let's read it together. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were beckoning to become weak, that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered. He said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, bro, you're tripping. I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lie down again. But again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and ran again to Eli and said, hey, I'm back, back and better than ever. And Eli said, my son, once again, you're tripping. I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel, whoo, this is my favorite part, says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, said Samuel. And Samuel got up and once again, he went to Eli. And this time Eli said, you ain't tripping. He was like, okay. He tripped the first time, second and the third time. And it says, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. 
So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and he stood there, it says, calling as the other times. And Samuel said, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. This is the reading of the word today. Now what I love about this particular story about Samuel is that he has such a rich history that we should embrace. If you're not into reading the Bible, I'm telling you, the Old Testament got some stuff in that I'll make you be like, what? Is that for real? But Samuel's story is so amazing. See, his mother Hannah was barren for most of her life. And she prayed and prayed and pleaded with the Lord for a child. And the prophet told her, listen, ma'am, I'm gonna grant you your child. And when he granted the child, she made an oath and said, if I do get this child, I'm gonna dedicate this child to the Lord. And God was faithful on his promise. And she had that baby. And guess what Hannah did? She dedicated her child from youth to the Lord. So he spent his whole time in the church or in the temple, surrounding himself with the things of God. But here's what I love the most about Samuel in this story, is that it brings it down to earth and we see his humanity. See, he was always surrounded by the things of God. But we see, just like how we do, he heard something, but he interpreted it through the lens of what he thought he heard. How many of us do that all the time? We think we hear something and we interpret it the wrong way. Can I get an amen? Or am I the only one? Can I get an amen? I do it all the time. So we see him getting it wrong, one, two, three. And the word says that he had yet to hear the voice of God because it had yet to be revealed. And in that moment, we see his humanity and we also see ours, our need for Jesus. See, the Bible highlights this not to shame Samuel, for not being able to recognize God's voice. What this does is it highlights the human's need for God to reveal himself to his children. See, if you are going to understand and recognize who God is, have you ever asked, Lord, reveal yourself to me? Reveal your word to me. Because up until that point, the Lord had yet to reveal himself. And so he's pleading and going back and forth to hear from the Lord. And we see at the end that he finally realized through Eli, that Eli's pointing him in the direction and helping him see that God is speaking to him. See, friends and family, many of you raised your hand and said that you are desiring to hear from the Lord. You shared that you had times where you felt like you were confused, where you weren't sure if it was you speaking or your stomach or your auntie, your uncle, Moses, somebody else, you were confused. And you have this desire today to hear from the Lord. And I'm here with you today to share with you three points that have completely changed the way that I have prayed to God. Three ways that I have been pursuing in my own walk with Jesus that I pray will be an encouragement to you. 
And it goes, point number one is this. Go ahead and write this down. We all must pursue a heart posture of humility. Now, when we hear the word humility, the first thing that comes to our mind is, oh man, I need to think of myself less or think less of myself so I can be considered humble. But in the context of this passage, I want you guys to think of this as humility as this, thinking more and more less about yourself so you can think more about what God has to say. So it's not about lowering yourself, it's about thinking less about yourself so you can start having an ear for what God says. In 1 Samuel 3, 4 through 7, we see the Lord calls Samuel time and time again. And as God speaks, we see his humanity. We see him, how he translates what God is saying to what he wants. But we also see him being in a position where God is wanting to reveal himself. I don't know about you, but I am super, super guilty of constantly going to God with a prayer and already having my answer. I don't know about you, but I'm super guilty of praying to him. And then when I don't hear what I want to hear, I throw a hissy fit, but well, I ain't praying today because you didn't answer my prayer. And if I want to get super real with you guys, two years ago, I went through a really, really bad breakup. Now, I would say his name, but y'all knows him. You probably will Google it, so I ain't going to say his name. But we were together for two years, and y'all, I thought we were going to get married. We were playing Jagged Edge. Let's get married. Let's go. It was it. And during the pandemic, our relationship crashed and burned. And as you can imagine, I was completely devastated. And I struggled. I was like, man, am I really going to say this? Because now y'all going to know my business. Well, consider us friends now. And I remember going through the pandemic month after month, pleading with the Lord, God, this can't be it. This can't be really the story you have for me. You sent him on a white horse and he had a great beard. That had to be him. And moment and week after week, I cried and kept pleading for a will and a storyline that God didn't have for me. And I remember one particular day, I was crying and I was believing that the Lord was telling me that we're going to get back together. And I could have sworn I heard the Lord say this, girl, you're tripping. I didn't tell you that. I didn't tell you that. But all seriousness, in my sadness and in my pain, he met me in a very quiet night. And I'll never forget this. He said, Ali, are you more mad that this didn't work? Or are you more mad that I'm not telling you what you want to hear? And I was like, Psh, all right, you can take me to heaven now. <laughs> See, friends, I learned in that moment that I wasn't sad about the reality. I was sad that I wasn't getting my way. I was sad that the things that I was praying about, I was expecting him to do what I was praying for. God, make it work. God, bring us back together. And God was like, I have another plan for you. I have another plan for you. And maybe you didn't go through a breakup like me and everybody knows now. <laughs> but you've been praying for something, seeking the Lord for something, trusting him, 
But the difference is the way that you're going to him is not trusting him with the outcome. You're telling him what the outcome should be. So if you genuinely, friends, want to hear the voice of God in your life, you must posture your heart in a space of humility and say, you know what, God, when I come to you, I am no longer going to come to you with the answer prayer. I'm first going to posture myself and say, you know what, Lord, how about you speak and tell me what you want to hear. Let's start there. So, yes, yes, yes. So how do you do this practically in your life? Make hearing from the Lord a bigger priority than what you need to hear. I'm going to repeat that again. Make hearing from the Lord and what he has to say a bigger priority than what you need him to say. And again, family, in me saying this, I'm not saying that God doesn't care about your requests or your desires. I'm not saying that because he does care. What I am saying is, what if you were to lead with, what do you have to say first? That is a posture of humility. Can I get amen? amen? Number two, we must pursue a heart posture of availability. 1 Samuel 3, 8 through 9, it says that a third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel. And he got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And we know what happens. After he recognizes what was going on, Eli tells him, speak, your servant is, le- is listening. As Eli speaks to Samuel, he does not look down upon him for not recognizing God's voice. Instead, he encourages him to get into a position to hear and listen from the Lord. My friends, how different would things be if we began to seek out a posture of God and saying, here I am, what would you like to say first to me? And when I'm thinking about availability, when I'm thinking about making myself present for the Lord, the very first thing that I thought about (laughs) when it came to the word availability was how extra I always get when I have a crush. (laughs) How many of you guys remember the first time you liked somebody? Raise your hand. All right, so nobody likes anybody. Let me try it again. <laughs> it's a sad world. You ain't got no crush your whole life? My gosh. <laughs> so let's try this again. Show of hands. How many of you remember your first crush? Raise your hand. There you go. And if it was an elementary school, it still counts, baby. <laughs> My first crush was in elementary school. And again, I ain't going to tell you his name because y'all know and you'll Google him. And I remember it was in elementary school and I laugh right now because I did everything in my power to be around him. You wanted me at the swings? Okay. <laughs> He'd be like, let me show you a picture I drew. That picture was ugly as I don't know what. But since he was bae, I was like, oh my gosh, look at that little turtle. <laughs> I was obnoxiously always wanting to be around him. I was obnoxious to always make myself available in sixth grade. (laughs) But I wanted to be around him. That's the kind of relationship when you want to be around someone, that's what it makes you do. But then on the flip side, you have those relationships and friendships where you have that one friend that always calls you and says, hey girl, I want to hang out with you. And their definition of hanging out is them speaking for 2,000 hours about every single thing that has happened to them and they only take a breath to keep talking about their life. 
How many of you guys know that friend or have that friend? Raise your hand. And if they're here with you, don't, don't point. Just don't point. And they just keep talking, 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 and they don't recognize that you are checking out and going to heaven and coming back and checking out and going to heaven and coming back. And then here's the bad part, right? After they finally inhale and take their puffer, right? They have the audacity to ask you, oh, and how are you doing? Then you you start with your short sentence and you go, oh man, I'm so good. And then they cut you off and they start going again. You relate? Can you feel me? She felt that. She said, yes, God, I felt that. But guess what? I'm going to get you right now. We do the same thing to God. Uh-huh. Yep. You want me to leave? I can, I can leave now. Okay. We do the same thing to God where we say, hey, I want to talk to you. And we go, amen. And the Lord's like, oh, so that's what you call a conversation, huh? That's what you call prayer. And the same way that we are super annoyed by people doing that to us, we do the same thing to the Father. We ask him to be available so that we could and talk about our primarica business and all kind of stuff. And he's sitting there waiting. Can I get a word in? I've been wanting to hear from you all day. Maybe you might want to pause so I can tell you how much I love you. Yeah, go ahead and talk about the guy you keep praying about. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get to it. How different would our relationship be if we were to take time to not seek first to be understood, but we would seek first to understand? See, I know people who like to speak because they want to be heard, but I love the people who speak because they have something to say. I'm telling you right now that we serve a God that always speaks with something to say, but will we posture ourselves to listen. To make ourselves available, I want to challenge you with this practical application in your life. Yes, I encourage you, make room and time to spend time with God in the morning. I love Pastor Miles' visual where he places a chair and it's a visual of Jesus here and he's sitting down. But I encourage you that when you do that, can you lead with first saying, you know what, Lord, before I say something, because you already know what I want to pray, but I'm going to say it anyways. Before I open my mouth, God, what do you want to speak to me? What plans do you want to include me in today? What do you want to reveal about you today? What plans and what do you want me to be a part of today? If you lead with that, I promise you, he will speak. But the reason why you haven't been hearing him the way that you want to is that you're not even giving him the chance to speak into your life. Instead, you keep sitting in his chair waiting for a response. Make yourself available by asking him, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And then lastly, we must pursue a heart posture of expectation. 1 Samuel 3, 10 through 11 says the Lord came and he stood there. I love that. I so gangster because we didn't know he wasn't standing in the other. It said he was speaking from afar. But when Samuel positioned himself to hear, it says the Lord got closer and he stood and he said his name again. He got closer because he made himself available to hear. And then it said, Samuel, Samuel, speak for your servant is listening. 
And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Family, what if I triple dog dare you if we started living with high expectation that God was gonna do something supernatural, changing the whole game? What if we live with high expectation that we would see signs and wonders, that he would speak to his sons and daughters like never before? What if we lived with that expectation? The world wouldn't laugh at us. They would look at us and say, they, they serve an awesome God. I need to know who that is. But right now what we're doing is that we're approaching him with the level of our expectation. Oh Lord, I just need you to speak to me through my favorite Hillsong song. I need you to speak to me through my favorite pastor. I need you to speak through me for the songs that I love. And you limit the way that God can speak to you. What if you would have raised your expectation of how God could speak to you? He would change your whole life. And the world would see and Christ would be glorified on earth through his people. Our heart posture, our heart posture of expectation. Uncle Rick Warren, y'all know who Rick Warren is? He retired, I call him Uncle Rick. Anyone who's like over 60, I call him uncle. And he had this quote about hearing from God and he said, we often miss hearing God's voice simply because we aren't paying attention. So it's not a matter of him not speaking, it's a matter of us not paying attention. How do you do that practically? Just be expectant. We serve an awesome God. We serve a God that we can't figure out in our own minds. That's the God that we serve. And so again, we have to have a heart posture that has humility, that pursues availability, and has a heart of expectation. As we get ready to close, like I said before to you guys in the beginning that this particular message has been jacking me up so bad. And the reason why is because on June 26th, I was preaching here. But the last time I was preaching, I was in so much pain. I popped so much ibuprofen just to stand in front of you guys. And I remember thinking to myself, God, I am way too young to be walking with a limp and I ain't a gangster. And I was believing and praying and asking God to heal me. And I was believing that that healing was gonna come the following Sunday. But guess what? That ailment that I told you about on the 26th, that thing lingered for the whole entire summer. The whole entire summer. Last week was the first week that I was able to walk without a limp, without ibuprofen, without a back brace, without anything. But here's, here's the thing. I got so discouraged because I kept praying and praying and praying and I was hearing nothing. And after a while, because I wasn't hearing what I wanted to hear, I stopped praying. Yes, the pastor who worked at the church, stop praying. <laughs> I was having such a hard time praying. And it got to a point where 
I stopped doing it because I felt like I was being disingenuous coming to the Father. I thought like, oh, I'm only praying to God because I want to get healed. So I completely shut him out altogether. And I'm not proud of saying that. I'm just being real with you that it was hard. And I remember sitting in my room and I was watching a message and the pastor on the screen said, if you want your healing, get up and dance. And I was like, ooh, okay, let me try this out. So I got up and I was like, uh-oh, this is too soon. And I sat down and I heard the Lord speak to me as clear as day. He said, Ali, I'm going to heal you in my timeline, not yours. And I was like, oh, Gina, your timeline? We're going to be here for all of eternity. <laughs> so I went to the chiropractor and I was like, again, I'm too young to be doing this, but whatever, I'll go. And every week they kept telling me, we're going to keep adjusting you. And the adjustment is going to take time because you've been walking with the wrong posture for most of your life. See, so your healing is going to come, but you need to let the adjustments take its course. It's going to take a while for an old posture become a new posture. And I said, this man is preaching to me. I'm about to get a new posture if I let the adjustment do its thing. I say all this to say is that you have been approaching God one way, right? Approaching him with the aspect of I pray so I can hear something that I want to hear. And I'm here to tell you that there is a heart posture that God encourages us to have. And that posture will take time, but you will get there. And my challenge to you as a church is this, will you do it? See. I don't care how long you've known the Father, you can never stop learning about Him. You can never stop hearing from Him. And if I can tell you one of the greatest lessons that I learned through this whole journey of walking with a pimp limp for a whole summer, is that even though I stop speaking, He does not. He does not. So don't grow comfortable with where you are in your walk with Christ. Go for more. Ask him to adjust you. Snap, crackle, and pop a couple times. Adjust your ways of sleeping in and not spending time with him. Adjust the way that you, oh, don't even take time to read your word. Adjust, adjust, adjust. And I promise you, when you allow him to adjust you, you will get that posture that you want. And you will begin to hear his plans. And you will begin to hear all the things that he wants to do with you. But most importantly, you will see him reveal himself. It is my prayer for you as you leave today to pursue that in your life. Now I'm getting ready to pray in just a moment, but I also know that there are people here in this room that are like, I have no idea what this girl's talking about. <laughs> How do I get access to the Father? How do I have direct access to speak to him? Scripture tells us that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me, and that is through Jesus. And today I'm going to offer you an invitation to accept this Jesus who died for my sins and died for so many people here in this room, and because of that, we have access to the Father. So everyone, please bow your heads and close your eyes. If you are here in this room 
and you have been wanting to start a relationship with Christ and you just don't know how, if you've been running and you've been feeling lost and you've been waiting for an opportunity to start a life with Him, you can do so right now by saying yes. Yes, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I know the Savior died and died for my sins so I can walk in victory. If you are here today and you are in need of a Savior and want to be born again, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. No one else in the room is gonna look at you. It's just you and the Father. It's never too late to begin again. On the count of three, if you wanna accept Him, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. Yeah, 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 God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Come on, Jesus, God bless you, God bless you. Right now, I'm gonna pray for you, Lord, thank you so much for the people who raised their hand and said yes to you. And I pray that they know that this is just the beginning of a journey of one of the greatest adventures they can ever say yes to. I pray that they feel the courage not only to raise their hand, but also to take a step forward, to step into community here at this church. I pray that you would surround them with people who will encourage their yes. And for everyone else here in this room, I pray that you would awaken the hearts of people to want to search after you and seek after you and to hear your voice. May the Rock Church and all of its attendees be known as a people after the presence of God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you did in this time. And all God people say, amen.